Welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's podcast. Hello and welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's career-based podcast, helping you answer the ultimate question of what's next for you and your degree. I'm Diana Pasek-Atkinson and today's episode is all about considering going freelance. Yes, that's right. Instead of focusing on a specific degree, today's episode will focus on an employability topic based on a question we get asked a lot. And that is, what does it mean and what are the things you need to consider if you want to become a freelance creative or a freelance consultant? Well, joining me today to discuss this is Ollie Wright, Freelance Creative Director, who in the past has worked for Sony PlayStation and Penguin Publishing, just to name but a few. Hi Ollie, welcome to Working On It. How are you doing today? Hi, uh, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very pleased to be on the podcast. It's great to have you here. And before we get properly into today's conversation, I just wanted to quickly ask you about book writing, because uh, Henry and I are very jealous of the fact that you worked at Penguin. And it got us talking about reading and about writing as well, actually. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do some writing. I think you can expect my book out probably in three to five years. Anyway, what about you, Ollie? Have you ever dabbled in writing? I've got a few books on writing and I enjoy learning about how to write, but I haven't really got into writing. <laughs> yeah, so I think my ideas for books um, sort of reside firmly in my head. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm wondering so, whether uh, that's a bit like the time management book that I once got out of the library and then had to pay a fine on because I actually yeah. didn't take it back. So I've got a similar one. I, I bought a book on mindfulness and uh, unfortunately I forgot it on the plane when I, <laughs> when I was travelling and I left it. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) moving swiftly on, I think it's time for our icebreaker challenge. So, the icebreaker challenge is something we like to do with all of our guests to break the ice before we get into talking anything and everything about you, your degree and your career journey so far. What I'll be asking you to do is answer a set of random icebreaker style questions and the aim of the game is to see how many you can answer in the allotted time of 77 seconds. So what do you think Ollie? Are you up for it? I'll try. (laughs) Okay. Your time starts now. Would you rather have a pet pterodactyl or a pet turtle? Oh, definitely a pterodactyl because dinosaurs are amazing. Yeah, I'd go with that as well. What colour of the rainbow would you be? Uh, I'd probably be all of them. Oh, nice. Um, And out of all the award shows in the world, which one would you want to go to most and why? Well, I've been involved with DNAD, so I'd have to say DNAD Awards, which are creative awards in our industry. What does DNAD stand for? Uh, Design and Art Direction. Ah, okay, right. So you'd be there presumably at the ceremony because you were going to be given an award. I would have thought. I would hope so. That would be wonderful. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting your t- your time. I'm taking your time here by getting excited know, about you what are. you're saying. Um, would you rather be stung by a bee or a wasp? Uh, a bee, because they're cute. Who's your celebrity lookalike? Uh, <laughs> oh, by me. You've got me there. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Okay, we'll move on. Who would you Someone rather be? Said Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Nice. <laughs> would you rather be a cat or a dog? 
Oh, definitely a dog. Jolly good. And your time is up, possibly due to me <laughs> talking around them before. You mentioned dogs. Yes. Do you have a dog? I have a part-time dog, yes. So I kind of share him with someone else. And he's a adorable kind of ginger-coloured spaniel called Rusty. And um, he's not with me today, but I'd sort of have him a few days every week. And um, he's absolutely adorable. So, yeah, dogs, definitely. I've got a dog, Merlin. Um, listeners already know about him because I talk about him all the time. Um, what surprised me was your bee over wasp sting. Because bees are quite such beautiful creatures. It's like, you know, if a wasp stings you, you kind of go, yeah, wasp, you know, you're the plague of the earth. And rah, rah, rah. Whereas bees, <laughs> if you if you kind of get stung by a bee, surely, you know, you'd be almost sorry for it. Oh, yes. Do they Maybe die they do. when yeah, they stung you? Uh, so. if, if they do die when they sting you, then I will go back and reverse my answer and say I prefer for it to be a wasp then. I don't know if you allow that. We do now. <laughs> because that's what we've done. Okay, moving on from the icebreaker challenge. Um, Before we start talking about what it means to be freelance, I just wanted to briefly ask you about your time at NTU. You did a degree in graphic design. Was that something you've always wanted to do? I think so, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, like a lot of people, it was probably around GCSE kind of age where I really firmed up my sort of plans for what I wanted to do. And I was really fascinated by art and design, really. So um but I think even as a child before that I think I used to kind of doodle logos before I realized what logos were yeah. you see what I mean like I always had a bit of an interest in that sort of visual kind of design um so yeah by sick form I was focusing on art and design subjects um did a foundation and I had my sights set on Nottingham Trent for sort of various reasons but I think kind of reputation in the world of graphic design was the main thing and thankfully managed to get in so that was wonderful and uh, had a fantastic time at Nottingham Trent really um, you know the city and the course and the flatmates and the people that you know I spent my uni years with it's obviously some time back now but I think of it very very fondly and um, it was a fantastic course. So when you were towards the end of your degree was there a dream job or a role that you really aspired to after graduating? My first proper job was at PlayStation, um, and that was, for me, quite a dream, I suppose, really, because I love playing video games, you know, and I love design. Um, I hadn't considered working at somewhere like PlayStation as being a possibility, um, so I was delighted that that was really my first job. So am I right in thinking that you got offered that job at PlayStation after you exhibited at Young Designers, that graduate show where you had the showcase of your work? So, yes, yeah, I guess what I tried to do during my degree was have quite a multidisciplinary kind of approach to graphic design. So in the field of graphic design, it can be common for people to either focus on a specific kind of area. So that might be something like print design or logo design, or it might be interactive kind of design. And I was quite keen to try and be multidisciplinary in that respect. And I think that helped me get the job because that was the kind of thing that they were looking for. Um, You know, these degree shows, fingers crossed, if things go well, employers walk around and look at your work. And if they're interested in it, they have a chat with you. And if they're coming along because they've got an open job position, they're kind of scouting around for people, really. Um, And guy Andy who would be my manager just came by my work at one point and we had a nice chat and um, sort of later on that day he wandered back and said oh by the way I work for PlayStation 
love you to come in for an interview. Which reminds me that, you know, <laughs> when you're at these things, whoever you're talking to, you need to yeah. be aware that those casual conversations could be something else for your career. So like you said, you got your first role at PlayStation. What was that job like? What exactly was your role then? And I guess, how did you get from there to what you're doing now, which is freelance creative director? So, yes, I worked at PlayStation for, I think it was the best part of about 15 years. So it was quite wow. a um, long journey there. And when I started, I was a junior graphic designer. Um, and to fast forward, because as I say, I was there for 15 years. I then started managing the creative team that I joined. Um, and at that point, the business as a whole was doing very well. It was a very busy time at PlayStation. Um, there was a lot of new games in development. There was a lot of activity uh, in general. And it's interesting that we're talking about freelancers today because as manager of the team, I did start to bring in freelance support at times just to assist with the production of work. Um, maybe we'll come on to the freelance conversation a bit more in a minute. But just to carry on then, I think by the time I finished at PlayStation, there was a bit of an issue for me, I guess, from a professional point of view, in that my CV really only had one name on it, which was <laughs> okay. PlayStation. Um, after PlayStation, there was a real desire to kind of try and work in different work environments for different groups and in different sort of settings. Because obviously there's a lot to be said for being an employee and to be working yeah. um but there are i think downsides as well and you know i think it's fair to say that anyone in any kind of business if they're within a particular company for a long period of time might feel like you're doing a similar thing too repetitively times where you struggle a bit with motivation and, and this may not be true in all cases but one thing i think i did observe is the freelancers that came in they often seem to me to be happier in a professional sense you know they're quite happy people and penguin books kind of ideal opportunity for me really because I was keen to do something that was a little bit outside the games industry but then at the same time it's still kind of broadly within entertainment I suppose yeah. you know um I also was quite happy with the fact that it was an attorney cover role and that I could go in and experience this business and it may well be that you know after a period of time that's my part done with it um so it, it kind of suited so me. was it a kind of like <laughs> safe way of dabbling in the idea of being freelance almost then you know there's a contract mm. that's a short term and you have a bit of a try of it you're in the organization for a little while you know it's naturally coming to an end so we did have another guest on um part of our graphic design episode and i think he did a similar thing to what you're describing there which is trying out different roles in a plethora of different industries and that's before you actually get into becoming fully freelance. So something to consider maybe when you decide that freelance career is for you. So I guess that leads me on to the next question, which is if people are wanting to go freelance or like we've just described, try a number of short term roles, almost like being an employee. Where do you find those opportunities? Where's the best places to look? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I suppose with Penguin, that was a, a straightforward case of seeing a job advert and applying for it and going through the interview process. Um, when it comes to freelance, which is what I did after Penguin, um, I guess they're a combination of people who I've worked with before, which is perhaps not the most appealing thing for people who are new to the industry to hear, but also quite a few people have reached out and made contact with people and vice versa 
typically through LinkedIn. There probably are other methods of finding freelance work, but that's worked pretty well for me. Um, I think one of the best ways to hopefully get your foot in the door for these kind of freelance jobs is to kind of see if you can get a bit of an initial chat done at some point. Uh, And I guess what you're highlighting there is that those conversations, the relationship building, the, well, what we'd call networking in the broader sense, not the standing with a warm drink in a corner and mm. feeling awkward. It is relationship building. It is talking to people. It is putting yourself out there. I think when yeah, you're absolutely. in an employed role, you know, my clients come to me through the marketing that we do as a team. But ultimately, I still get paid whether I have managed mm. to make those relationships and contacts or not. Whereas as a freelance person, you don't have a ready market. Or if you were working, like when you were working Mm. at PlayStation, the jobs that you were doing in your department are coming into you. You don't have to go and find them. So I guess we need to talk a little bit about that. So maybe someone would come to you and ask for a proposal for work or they'd want to commission you for something, sourcing you. And it's not guaranteed. So can we talk around that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. There's advantages and disadvantages to being freelance. And I I think there's a huge amount of advantages. Um, It's something I've settled into quite happily now um but there are disadvantages and um lack of security i guess in terms of where the work's coming from next and the income and so on but to pitch something or put proposal in um i think that's always well worth it because it's all about confidence and obviously both parties want things to work well but until that relationship gets started they don't know for certain how well that will work but um i've even said to people before you know if you've got a project and you want me to put some ideas around it i don't mind doing that and getting it back across to you without charging you you know so you get a bit of an idea of how i work for example um, I suppose particularly if you've graduated and you've got a task to get some traction, um, those kind of self-initiated kind of projects could be really, really helpful. Um, often there's probably projects that you've done during your degree that you might be able to revisit and, yeah. and do more to after a degree. I do think those things make a big difference, certainly in the creative industry, in the games industry, Um there's obviously a focus, first of all, on how good are the skills, how good is the work. And it's kind of not the be all and end all, because the other part of it is communication skills and all the various sort of work skills that, you know, you need in a role like that as well. Um, but the kind of portfolio work is where you could get noticed, first of all, really. So just quickly going back to communication skills that you mentioned there, what you're talking about really is for a company to want to engage you and then engage you again, you've got to be able to sell yourself, you, the entire entity, not just the product or service that you sell, you know, the kind of person you are to work with, the way you work, the way you collaborate with the team or with the rest of the company. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's going to be difficult for people to appreciate how good someone is at doing those kind of skills until they actually sort of meet Mm. and speak with them. But um, as I say, kind of when that opportunity comes up, then I think it's a really important kind of skill for freelancers to have. So we talked about what I'd arguably say is one of the main disadvantages of freelance work. That's finding work (laughs) and also job security. But is it true that one of the advantages is that flexibility and freedom that goes with freelance work? You know, the doing what you love every day. So I guess I'm asking you, what is the appeal for you having been an employee of 
being freelance? I have to say, you know, um, I do love it for various reasons. You know, I get to be a part of various different companies. And I think for me, creatively, the last few years of working freelance has massively improved the way that I work and my knowledge. And, you know, I'm getting to do the thing that I love. Um, I do appreciate the sort of freedom of it, I think. And maybe it's partly a stage of life thing after, as I say, working as an employee for a long time. But I do appreciate kind of having my own um, independence, I suppose. Yeah, I think we've highlighted some really great points along the way. It's okay to start in a job and then work freelance or work freelance and then be in a job. You've got to consider some of those things like the job security. Is freelancing actually for you? And then I think also you talked about opportunities that you took, like that graduate show, Young Designers, great place to showcase your work, which meant that that started your career off, not in freelance, but in that fantastic PlayStation job. So that's really great advice to our graduates. Take an active role in your future. And just before we go, I've got one final question for you, Ali. We like to finish each podcast episode by asking our guests to name a song that describes or reminds them of their career journey so far. Um, so, Ollie, have you got one for us to add to our working on it Spotify playlist? Um, yes, those very early days of um, when I started at PlayStation, going in and out into London on the train. Um, there's Yellow by Coldplay, which oh, yes. um, I remember listening to at the time and if I listen to it now it's like time travel and I've been transported back to how it felt and just how yeah and kind of how scary it was as well kind of traveling into London going to work (laughs) (laughs) I was very new to London it was a very busy place and uh you know um new to the world of work as well so it was sort of a time of great excitement but also felt a bit intimidated and wanted to do a good job and yeah Hearing that song sends me back to all of those kind of feelings. That's a really great choice. But sadly, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much, Ollie. And thank you for listening. This has been the latest episode of Working On It. So if you enjoyed it, please do check out our other episodes. Subscribe, leave a review and recommend us to your family and friends. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. (laughs) 